0: Hello and welcome to Yagma Soap Opera, episode seventy-one. I am Cronin or Josh, and I'm here with Zach and Andy again. What's up, guys? What up? Not too much yourself, Josh? What's that?
1: Not too much yourself?
0: Oh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, we're just getting into the league season two here, so it's pretty exciting.
2: Right on. Yeah, this is good stuff. How many people we got on this one?
0: I think it ended up at 46. It's
2: not too bad.
0: Yeah, a few more than last time. And Scott said that, uh, because we've got a lot of people that weren't in the first season, so I think we're up to around 60 unique participants so far.
2: Yeah, and I don't want to throw any of my previous co-hosts under the bus, but I noticed two of the people who were in Season 1, Whithicus Pinguinicus and Andy, a.k.a. Eternal Hammer, are not in Season 2.
0: Well, when you O2 drop, it can take a lot out of you.
2: That is... Guys, what's happening? You need to be in 3 and 4.
0: Anyway. So, I guess we should... Started off with season two round one pairings here. Looks Sounds like uh, looks like we start off a couple of guys from season one. We got Ilskin on a Turbo Tez type build, playing against NCSU 31SB, and he's rocking Affinity, what we thought would be a major competitor this time. Yeah,
1: boy, we couldn't have been more wrong on that one. I, I yeah. Don't want- That there would be eight decks last podcast, and there's what two of them?
0: Yeah, I think only two. I mean, I win. I was closest.
1: That's crazy because this deck is just taking the meta by storm right now. I can't believe more people didn't jump on it.
2: You know what it is? Like I, I think if I was going to guesstimate what was happening, I would totally think that. I don't want to give us too much props here, but, number one, we talked it down last week and talked about all the ways to hate it. I don't think that's necessarily the primary reason. I think the primary reason is most people know that it's a really linear deck. I mean, it's really linear. And if you're going to take something through six to eight rounds, it's got to be able to stand up and do a lot of different things, typically. Typically. Like, Stax doesn't do that, but it's a pretty good deck because it chokes most decks out.
1: Yeah, but, Zach, I look at this no different than Dredge. I mean, dredge is about as linear as I guess, and this deck just wins. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're constantly seeing dredge plays you know, in these type of tournaments.
2: How many the dredge, dredge D- players win. do we have? I beg your pardon? How many dredge players do we have? We have. If I was going to guess, I bet it's a similar number.
0: Uh, you I think it's have... around four.
1: There are four.
2: Yep. Four dredge players. So, four Dredge players, and let me see what we got here. We have a breakdown at some point in this article. Four Dredge, two Affinity. So, I mean, it's it's definitely lower. Do you see Dredge is lower than the Blue Control Workshop and Oath, which we'll go over in a few minutes, but I don't know. We'll see.
0: Yeah, Oath is out in storm this time. Yeah. Or, yeah.
2: Bad pun, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that made any sense, but... <laughs>
2: no. Next up we got uh Durnoth who's been doing really well with Affinity. Hadn't he? Has it been Durnoth with Affinity?
1: Nope. Durnoth's always green white black hate. It's uh the Wolf and Curabo.
2: Curabo. Yeah, my bad. My bad Durnoth, my bad Curabo. But Durnoth is back with his uh his deck he played last time, he kicked my butt with it. Uh and he's playing against Blandis TK who I I believe I saw in the forums a little while ago is also a pretty new player to Classic. So, he's playing Merfolk. Uh, what do you guys think about that matchup?
1: Well, I can I can comment on this because I'm actually playing almost to the T, the exact same deck as Durnoff, and I just played my Merfolk match tonight uh, for the round one in the league. And I would give the... I actually took that match down, and I would give the edge to the Greenway-Black hate in this uh, over the Murfolk. It's... Uh, you know, the Knight of the Reliquaries are really strong. They've got the Ullenvold Tracker, which just, if that resolves it utterly, destroys Merfolk. Uh, those um, Abrupt Decays are extremely good against Merfolk. You know, I don't think they have anything over two casting cost in the entire deck, so he's running three of those. It's uh, I-, I think it's probably 60-40
0: in Durinos' favor. And Blandis doesn't have some of the stuff that Calavera had in his deck. He doesn't have... Um Perish in his sideboard, and he doesn't have the... Uh, what's the card that steals your your creature?
2: Gilded Drake? Yeah. You know, I don't see Abrupt Decay in this guy's list.
1: Durnoff's running three Abrupt Decay, is he not?
0: He, oh, he you, is- know what, you know what? Loading it into the CQ deck generator is not loaded into CQ's database yet, so it just filtered it out.
2: I apologize for my friend Josh's editing skills. Really apologize. Sorry about that. Really, we
0: need a we need a new skill set here. Well, that's on DL. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, I I think I'd probably agree with your synopsis. I think Blue Black White is uh, it's got better creatures, and Murphol's best game is one against Blue and two against you know decks where his creatures are just generally better. And I don't know. Uh- in addition to that,
1: also, the Cavern of Souls is quite powerful in this deck list as well because uh, Merfolk relies on being able to break the tempo with things like days and you know, their counter magic. And uh, Cavern of Souls just pushes through their powerful creatures in this match, which you know I think distinctly hurts Merfolk. But, yep, I give the edge there.
2: Touche.
1: So next up, we have Game Master 32, and he's playing green, white, He's up against their friend Excorpio, who has brought back his stable Hermit Druid. This should be uh this should be a pretty good match. Who would you guys give an edge to here?
0: I guess it comes down to uh, Game One STPs for past I, I, Exile. I yeah. almost say
2: like Excorpio doesn't have a. Do you think he has a lot of game here?
0: I do. Well, Game one, maybe? You know, Chris Cool only has... Or, I mean, uh... K-F. Game Sure. he only has the three Paths to Exile. Is that his only way to deal with it?
2: Well... Path to Exile, um... Thali is really annoying in this matchup, I think. Like, things like Cabal Therapy and doing things from the Graveyard all in the same turn are a lot harder. Um... Avon Mind Sensor could be annoying. He relies on Worldly Tutor a lot.
0: I guess he ha- he has to have a mana open to cast um Dread Return if he's got a Thalia out there.
2: Exactly. I mean there's there's little things that are annoying. Path to Exiles, like you said, are very annoying. Get one Jitty active, and that's almost game. Yeah. I mean there's some annoying stuff. If he and the other the other key to this is I think Scorpio can have some super broken draws Like if he's like Lotus Petal Land, go And he has Force of Will up, There's not much way you can beat that But that said He also is kind of open to a deck like this That's just generally about hate So it'd be interesting to see what happens I, I, I kind of give the edge after game one To Green White Hate yeah. um, But like you said if All he needs to do is win game one And then he has a really good chance
0: He's got. They both got elvish spirit guys, so they can come out pretty quickly. So
1: you also have to take into consideration. You know, Scorpio has a, a, quite a solid counter magic package in his deck, so he can disrupt anything that he's doing over on the other side. Like you know, if he plays a even mind sensor, he can easily counter that path to exile. He can easily counter. He's running four mental missteps, four dazes, four force of wills. He's got uh, chain of vapors in his deck. Lots of blue spells to pitch. I don't know know if I agree with you guys. I think is going to take this
0: down. It's a deal.
2: I think we'll see what's up then. (laughs) Alright! Who's up next here, guys?
0: Looks like Philip J. Fry switched from his Belcher list to Dredge. And he's going up against a Clanny Catweasel on her sort of hybrid good game Shoth deck.
1: Yeah, this is actually, I spoke about this, I think, in one of the last uh, one or two podcasts we did about the Serenities in the sideboard for Philip J. Fry. I think, Zach, you were saying it sounded pretty terrible, but I had played against it, and it was actually really, really good. So that uh, you know, that wipes out the Oath of Druids and any disruption that uh Catweasel might have to block out his dredge package.
2: But, bro, how much does Serenity cost? Two mana, Zach. How many lands does he have that produce mana, including no. petals or anything else?
1: Well, he's better than most dredge decks. He actually has 16 lands.
2: But how that many produce not... mana? Well, he's
1: got four, six, seven,
2: eight, twelve. Twelve. So one in every five cards in his deck produces mana.
1: Well, bag Baghdad has a pretty good uh, ability to dig for cards. I hear what you're saying, but... All I know is it blew up a ley line of the void and two two graph Digger's cages on me and I was completely blown away by seeing it hit the table. I,
2: I mean, not so it sucks it. If, if he gets it off. I mean, you're thinking, what the heck? But my point is the fact that you're thinking what the heck makes it like... My friend Matt says it's not a good idea.
1: Well, I like it. That's what I get to say about it. I hear what you're saying. It's hard to cast, but
0: well, I'm on Zach's side. Well. So there you have it. Cat Weasel wins.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't saying I
2: was choosing Philip J. Fry to win. No, 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 no. We heard that distinctly in your voice. You absolutely implied.
0: Next up, we've got Blue Diamonds <laughs> on Good Game Oath against Bald Eagle 247 against Four Color Fish.
1: Yeah, this is a tough matchup.
0: Blue Diamonds is a good player, and Bald Eagle's been doing well in the dailies the last few weeks, so... I would have to distinctly give
1: this one to Blue Diamonds. He's only running... uh, Bald Eagle's only running two Quasoli Pride mages in his deck. Is
0: Blue Diamonds... He's straight-up good game-oath. Does he have any show-and-tells? Nope. Yeah, it makes it a lot harder without any show-and-tells. I would think uh, I would think Bald Eagles probably got the edge in this one really well you know without the show and tell it's just a lot easier to to just have to worry about getting rid of both the druids
2: I mean I'd, I'd say I'd say this is actually I mean if you look at it on paper it looks like a pretty pretty even matchup The nice thing about Bald Eagle is he is running the full the full set of uh, expensive force force of wills. The bad thing about that is, like we've discussed before, he does not have a lot of blue sources.
0: Yeah. He said it's been worth it for him.
1: Now, if you look at Bald Eagle's sideboard, I think this distinctly puts it in his uh, his advantage to win this match, because he's running two Abrupt Decays, which are absolute Oath Killers, if you're not running Show and Tell. He's got the Four Cages, he's got Meddling Mages, and Serenities. These all just hurt both every single
0: one of them yeah
2: but so I I looking that. at that looking at that sideboard it really makes me think why isn't everyone running Show and Tell and Oath well
1: absolutely I uh,
0: agree
2: anyway uh, next up we have Naoto on 4C Gush Control uh, always a good player always puts up good numbers against another guy who's always a good player and puts up good numbers our buddy the Wild Dog aka Other Josh yeah what do
0: you
2: He's guys got- think about this one
0: it's got an interesting build is storm deck that has oath in it as well, and of course Naoto always has just a million singletons and some blue so cards. Mr. Storm? Foster Storm, Storm, and Naoto's deck. I'm sure
2: there are two main.
1: That helps his cause quite a bit.
2: You know what I love yeah. about Naoto's deck? Two Huntmaster of the Fells in the sideboard. That oh, is yeah. gangsta.
1: Solid. Only guided to money with it and classic.
2: But I haven't seen a main deck so it doesn't really count. That's like me throwing a Squire in my sideboard as the 15th card and money with it. I'd be the first one to money with Squire. Yeah. <laughs> I'd give
1: this one 50-50. I you
0: know business. Naoto's actually used that card, which is nice.
1: It's been good for him.
0: Yeah, he,
2: he only had one in last season. I swear, I could almost swear I remember him saying, oh, the only thing I'd take out is Huntmaster or something like that, but maybe not. Maybe it was the only thing he'd add in. No. <laughs> <laughs> what we got next, guys?
0: So up next up? we've got Planet Walls. He's on a blue-white Frost Titan y list and uh, Cram7 on a three-color Delver build.
2: Alright I think Planet Walls is joining these events Just to mess with us at this point
0: Yeah for sure uh,
2: Really bro I don't know if uh, I'm, I'm not going to doubt you Because I saw what you did last time But if you do something with Frost Titan w- Without Show and tell or anything like that I will be Totally impressed What do you guys think about this It's
0: got four oh, mana man. drains That's a good start
1: I was going to suggest that people go over to MTGO Academy because Planet Walls actually has this match uploaded and it's ready for your viewing. And if you don't want to hear
2: a spoiler alert, plug your ears, but Planet Walls took this one. Nice. Yep. He played against Cram7?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a really tight match, actually. Planet Walls, I think, got a little bit lucky because he had a Mana Crypt down for several turns and didn't take any damage off it, but uh, Frost Titan was definitely a player in that match. So, good for him. Yep. Next
2: oh, up... Uh, I keep closing the article.
1: <laughs> next up, we have Pyrite199, and he is playing Shoth, and he's playing Form. Is new to classic, I believe. I've never seen him before, and he's playing Metalworker Stacks.
2: Yeah, I haven't
0: seen him either. Pirate's a good player. Definitely, yeah, uh, Shoth shows is probably pretty pretty good matchup for him against Stacks.
2: Um, personally, I hate playing against Stacks when I'm showth. That's like one of the decks that I don't like to play against the most. But I mean, it's t- everyone's different. Some people, some people like playing against them. They're like, all I have to do is resolve an oath. But I've never like gotten the lucky. I'm not a first roll kind of guy. So it's always kind of scary when they get you know sphere effect down and you're sitting there holding a two mana oath and you draw like two lands the whole match or three lands and you know you never get to play anything. So it scared me personally.
0: Well, just play better. <laughs> Thanks. I guess he's only got 17 lands, so. It could be troublesome for him, too. Uh,
2: Who we got next? Bag of Crabs, who's running Shoth as well. Look at Shoth, coming out in numbers. Everywhere. And uh, next guy is the Maniac he's playing against. And he's Black, White, Green, Hate. Which is another matchup. You know, Shoth doesn't love this matchup. Um, It's not terrible, you know, it's definitely beatable, but with four Pride Mages main, three Leonine Relic Warders, stuff like Knight of the Reliquary, grabbing a Caracas is your worst nightmare. Um, Thalia's annoying as hell. Two Tarmagoists make the game just, like, quick. Uh, it's... It doesn't look like the best matchup. It might look better on paper if you haven't played it before, but stuff like Maze of Ith is annoying. If it's like a Grizzlebrand... I mean, you can use it a couple times, but if you don't find what you need, you know, the first time in your low on life, Maze of Eth just keeps you sitting there. Um, who do you guys think is going to take that?
1: I'll give it to the Maniac. Those three Leonin uh, Relic Orders are quite good against those as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I would I think, think so sense, too.
1: Traditionally, seeing the the green-white deck, not the green-white-black, the double-white is a little more cumbersome than that that three color deck, but yeah, I would give the edge to the maniac here.
2: I mean the problem is when you're when you're the uh bag of crabs and you're rocking the show thing, you can't basically ever show and tell. You just can't do it. Because even if they have a knight of the reliquary, they're just gonna win. It's like, oh okay, I'm gonna put a knight on your turn. Now it's my turn. Untap Caracas go.
1: Yep. Then Maze Ith, go.
0: So next up we've got the Wolf 2, who is the other affinity player against Fist Alpha, and he's playing his Shardless Agent Blue White Green Fish Deck.
2: Um The Wolf's been really good with his deck. I'm not really familiar with Fist Alpha. You guys played him a lot? For
0: I played sure. him in the uh, week ago. He did uh, use a Shardless Agent to cascade into uh, Serenity.
2: Oh, that's enjoyable.
0: So, (laughs) I guess if he does that against Affinity, it's pretty good.
2: That seems good. But, yeah, I mean, the Wolf's a pretty good player, and I think that deck... Both of these decks do the same thing, one more efficiently than the other. That's attack you with creatures. And I think at least game one, Affinity's got that, and that makes it, like, really just paramount that, you know, the Wolf 2 or uh, Fist Alpha can't simply keep a hand with Nature's Claim. It's really got to be Serenity, I think.
0: Yeah, like things like Trigon and it's just not going to do it for him.
2: Oh, no way. I've actually decided I don't like Trigon Predator. I know it's blue and it pitches to Force of Will, but it, it's, never, it's never the right cost.
0: Yeah, it's a little too much.
2: I'd rather have it be blue-green and be a 1-2. It
0: just doesn't remove enough They've got too many artifacts by the time you get it down. Yeah. Next up, we've yes, got to our uh, tournament organizer, Enderfall, also on a blue-green-white fish deck against Endless Nameless on a Catstacks deck.
2: Endless bringing Sexy back. Look at him.
1: <laughs> i got to tell you, looking at Enderfall's deck, Pretty excited to see Edric, Spymaster of Trust. That I got a, a cool sweet point. spot for that card, and it fits so nicely with a cold-eyed eye, cold Selkie. Pretty nice yeah. looking deck.
0: Uh, I mean, Selkie does it anyways.
1: Oh, for sure. But, I mean, Edric is just a icing on the cake there. Especially with his four Noble Hierarchs and his two Quasali Pride Mages pumping that thing up. Yeah, interesting match. He's a nice-looking deck, Enderfall.
2: Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's definitely different than what he was what he was rocking before. Um, it's gonna be cool. Monty, weren't we playing around with making a deck like this a long time ago after one of the casts?
1: Yeah, we sure did.
2: So. I think we had like black with dark confidant in there and stuff. But yep, maybe going be. a little bit more. You know, he has cavern of souls. It's nice. It's a good card. Uh, I guess he's got a, what a lot of humans in there.
1: Definitely Metal A lot
0: of
2: Selkies
1: High Edric uh, Actually Edric's an elf
2: Wow he even has multiple Rogues With Cold-Eyed Selkie And Spymaster <laughs> Very
1: nice
0: Yeah it looks like an interesting deck You can draw a lot of cards If you're not careful
2: Yep Four
1: STPs
2: man I think If I was going to pick Winner in that matchup That's so hard Because two Clannies I guess I won't then
0: it's an even split.
2: Speaking I'll take of two it, this one,
1: this one. I like the cat stacks here.
0: I predict Montolio will win in this next matchup.
1: Yeah. Calavera versus Montolio. We just had this match tonight and I was able to, to win it. It was an extremely tight match. Uh, game one. I was looking really solid about four or five turns into the match with, a, I think I had a 6-6 six, six Knight of the Reliquary on the table, and I proceeded to rip five lands in a row, and that spelled that for me. Game two, I was able to survive a Parish that wiped out five green creatures off the table for me, and uh, a Pride Mage... Proceeded to win the match for me, the game for me there. And game three, it was a, a real grind. Calavera got stuck on one blue mana, and I was at six life, not looking too solid. And I was able to rip a batter skull and didn't get countered. And yeah, that uh, rode me to victory. Followed shortly there after a knight of the reliquary. So
2: yeah, wait, I got wait, bit. wait, 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 wait! Your batter skull rode you to victory.
1: Yep. Batterskull would be a victory. Yep. I uh, was at 6 life, and I was pretty much dead the next turn, and played a Batterskull, he couldn't attack into it, because it was tougher than anything he had. He only had 1 blue mana, he had 3 lords in hand, apparently, and he couldn't cast them, and, yeah, I was attacking in. gaining a little bit of life, and I followed that up the next turn with, uh, I'm not sure, I think it was an 8-8 eight, eight or a 9-9, nine, nine, knight of the Reliquary, and that's pretty much all she wrote. Uh, he conceded there and had he not, I was gonna take his blue man away with a wasteland with the Knight of the reliquary the next turn. So it was uh, got really lucky because he was hitting me with things like I know last podcast Zach we were talking about the relevance of submerge in classic right now and he cited his submerges in against me and they were quite solid on Temple like there were uh, it, it actually I think won them game one.
2: You know, it's funny
1: Didn't cost him anything
2: I'll give him credit here I think Submerge is amazing In this um, Environment If you look at what we're facing here There's green black white hate decks There's green white hate decks There's blue white green fish decks There's a lot of stuff There's Oath Which always has green There's a lot of green decks
1: Oh for sure yeah, I'll tell you, it was it was quite powerful against me. I was just when I, you know, when I cast uh, green spell, I tried to hang on against his aggro agro play. I was just cringing at seeing another one.
2: Well, congrats to you oh. for winning it.
1: Thanks very much.
2: Next up, we got one of my favorite names to say, Digi Digi eighty four against Uncle, and uh, Digi Digi is running cat stacks. And Uncle? Hey, what do you know? Another show deck. So, um what is he running? Is he running the full season he's running three show and tells? Main, none in the side. And Uncle is running Or excuse me, that was Uncle. Digi is running. Is this pretty traditional stacks with the look at the Panther again though. The Panther's coming back in, in style here. What's going on? Is it doing yeah, good, it's in good in
0: it's the cat hey, stacks is here. Is it
2: vintage rocking right up, now? Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't. know. This is a pretty old list.
2: I'm interested now. Uh, do you? Uh, you know, I shouldn't admit this in front of Monty because I'm going to get flack for it. But I took some of my money and I bought four Mishra's workshops. Are Whoa. you freaking kidding me? I haven't used them. I haven't even tapped one one time yet. But I his motive. I did buy them.
1: Oh my freaking lord! I That's will just an
0: investment.
2: Do
1: a backflip the day I see you wield those. It's coming, folks. It's coming. I don't know. Round menace is in his blood.
2: Every time I feel like I gotta go to the bathroom, I'll tap a workshop.
1: <laughs> oh, guy, guy makes everything easier. Believe you <laughs> me, it's like instant stool softener. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Awesome. Well, in this matchup, I don't know, man. I, I said uh, Shoth has some problems against stacks, and this one's a fast stack. so I think I'd, you know, and, and i got to give Uncle a lot of credit, though, dude. He's running, like, I really love this build. Like, this is the one really similar to the one that I ran. Uh, he's running the Mystical Tutor. He's not running enough Mystical Tutors, though, in my opinion. I don't think you can have enough Mystical Tutors. It's such a good card. Uh, in this deck specifically um, but he's running channel he's running four emracles with none of this blightsteel nonsense that everyone was trying to put in out there i just think it's better without having to worry about tinker and, and another creature and just demonic consultationing for the win um, but i think i got to be a trader here and take uh, stacks in the matchup do you know do
1: you know what i think puts this deck as a dog is the fact that he doesn't have any dragon's breath in the deck
2: you know, I didn't. I don't think I ran Dragon's Breath. Yeah, I guess I did run Dragon's Breath, didn't I? Dragon's
1: Breath. If you're not running Dragon's Breath, you're just. You're in trouble with Caracas or something like that. Like, that just
2: can ruin you. What do you mean? You're in trouble with Caracas if they have 12 Dragon's Breath, bro.
1: Well, that's true.
2: Caracas is just a beast. I mean, the, the thing about Dragon's Breath, though, is that the best card it is against is always the best card to defend against a Jace. Because if you don't have that, Jace just will dominate you. He doesn't have to face Jace right now, so I guess it's kind of a moot point. But just, that was my least favorite card to play against if I didn't have Dragon's Breath. That was actually the reason I brought him back in, by the way. Now that I think about it. Fair enough. But yeah, I think Stax takes it. What do you think, Josh?
0: Uh, Yeah, probably. You know, it all comes down to whether he gets one of the busted oath starts or not. Yeah, which I always,
1: I always look at these matches like 50-50 like, Take your pick Die roll is so important In a match like this
2: do you, you know what's cool though, man If you ever do have the, the, the dream draw in this deck And it's actually not that hard to get The only reason is all you have to do is have one piece Typically If you just get channel in your opening hand Chances are you're going to have like a, a lotus petal and an emrakul Because you're both four ofs and that just is like the most insane thing you can ever do. It's so unfair.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. I'll take it. Yeah. Up next, What's we've up got next? Uh, Foil Tarmogoyf owns you on a three-color Jace type deck, and he's playing Cow Nose on a blue-green-black Delver list. Oh,
1: heretic in this deck.
0: Yeah, only four creatures really looks hard for Foil Tarmogoyf to, to close out games, but he's got a very cool list here with two two. so Two EEs. Uh, he's
2: running four Jaces. You gotta love that. That I give big props for. Jace is just awesome. I wish I was like Monty and could afford foil ones, but I'm not.
0: Yeah, he's gotta run four Jaces because that's his... really so, his in condition...
2: Did. Well, with all
1: the fish decks that we're seeing, I really like the two Terminus in this deck. Terminus is just such a beating.
2: Yeah. You know what I don't understand is why when people run Engineered Explosives main, and this guy has also the full set with two more in the sideboard, why the hell don't you run Academy Ruins? Like, talk about a way to just wreck Delver and Affinity. That is, like, the most unfair thing you can do.
1: Yeah. It's a late-game finisher, that's for sure. Particularly when you're running a, a deck like he's running, just pure control.
2: Yeah. I don't know, that's that's the one card that always makes me play uh, Ruins, is always Engineered Explosives. Nothing else, really.
1: Yeah. Well, I have played against Kaunos with his deck a couple times when he was putting this thing together, and it's pretty solid. And the fact that he has so many creatures, I, I would give a distinct edge to him in this match. You no, know, he's just got so much good stuff here. Dark Confidants, Tarmagoy, Snapcasters, Delvers, like
2: Now you know what's interesting here? What's just absolutely interesting, and the reason I was thinking about running a deck similar to this, I was actually kinda of debating in my head if I wanted to run a black, blue, green deck or a blue white deck, and I decided on blue white a while ago. But what's interesting is the card that made me want to play it I don't see here. And that's abrupt decay.
1: He has abrupt decays. They're in there.
2: Am I just not looking at the right lists here? No, they're not. It it won't
1: upload here.
2: Oh, boo! Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, I I love abrupt decay. If he's got those in there, that'll be that'll be definitely cool.
0: Well, you can add up all the other spells and see if it actually comes out to twenty. And if it doesn't, you know, something's missing from the list. You mean
1: sixty? I think he's got three in there.
0: Well, oh, I can tell you right now, he's got No, I don't think he has any Really? Oh, he... oh yeah, he's got Four, maybe Because it's only showing us 56 cards, so
1: That was the reason he was most excited About this deck, and the reason he ran it was Because of the abrupt decays And he was telling me he just thought they were awesome
2: Which they I can completely
1: concur with him
2: That was the reason I like, I'm telling you, like, the only reason. I I love Pernicious Deed and I loved Abrupt Decay, but I've had Pernicious Deed for a long time and it's hard to get me to run it even though I love it, so. I don't know, it's going to be cool to see what he does.
0: Well, it doesn't hit Jace.
2: So, next up
1: here, we have got the Chris one running his usual. He's on Dredge, and we have Lord Sapphire on his... Postal Worker Stocks bill.
2: Who you got here?
1: I beg your pardon?
2: Who you got here?
1: I'm taking the crisp one.
0: Yeah. I think I agree. Tabernacle is good against Stretch, but... You know, I don't know if I would count that as part of my seven or eight pieces of hate that I'd want in there
2: yeah I don't know I think it's uh, I think it could go either way I probably would agree and say dredge it's it's basically whoever wins game one that I think it's going to take this match
1: well dredge always wins game one
2: not always but yeah I agree ninety you know, percent also hurt of the time
1: stocks but you know the fact that stocks has spheres really hurt stocks because they can't use their cabal therapies and Know, their dredge return, that sort of thing.
2: I do like the stacks wasteland
1: though. Oh, for sure. Is he running uh ley lines? No, he's got four graph diggers. Uh, two tabernacles is pretty sweet though. Against dredge, that's very, very good. I didn't see that there.
0: Not if you play them both at once.
1: <laughs> no. What's that card called? The five casting card, casting cost card that lets you play two legends at the same time. Maybe he's running that. <laughs>
2: it's <in our> <laughs> so yeah. yeah I really think it's just the coin not so much coin flip, game one um next up, another Shoth list I'm loving this season, there's so much Shoth it's like making me feel tingly Fishy fellow against Mooncon who's our buddy with Merfolk and what do you guys think about this matchup, it's gotta be Merfolk I think right
0: um yeah, I mean they can even attack through once you get your creature down. They'll still have island walk, so Merfolk can definitely win this. That's
1: a
2: coin flip.
0: I give a little bit of an edge to Merfolk probably.
2: Yeah, I mean you have the counter magic and you have like uh ability to I I I'm such like a love hater, dude. I love the deck, but I'm hating against it today. I feel bad. Yeah, this is a bad matchup. I mean, they they walk on all your lands. It sucks. Yeah. Then again, if he sticks an oath, we could all look silly, you know? There's not much uh, Murphol can do once an oath hits the table.
0: Does he have a bouncer? He does have a couple waterfront bouncers. So I guess that could, that could save him.
1: They're in there exactly for that match.
0: Um, next up, looks like we've got Uvatha on another blue-green-white fish deck, and Tommy Topdecker on a blue-black Delver list. I think black is only in the sideboard, actually. I think it's basically mono-blue.
2: Demir Delver, huh?
0: Yeah, looks like a pretty solid list. Some Vendilion Clicks, Snapcaster Mages...
2: Yeah, it seems cool, dude. I, I, I don't know. I I guess I'd probably I think I'd be really, that'd be kind of a coin flip just because of the, the the how good both these players are. They're both pretty good guys, so it'd be interesting to see who takes it. I think it'll be uh it'll be close either way.
0: There is Quad Spell Snare in Tommy Topdecker's list, so that could be pretty sweet against the Fish Deck.
1: Uh, I, I like this fish deck Bath is running. It's quite interesting. He's got a carpet I really have never seen in Classic in Luder Elcor. Which is pretty nice when you've got six exalted triggers on there. Three Knights of the Reliquary. Three Thalia's. That's uh, going to be a tight match. I'm not sure who I'd take on this one.
0: So, it looks like we have someone we know. By the name of Abstract 66. Taking Bobby Fine. Yeah, I would think Bobby Fine on a green black fish deck. Yeah. What do you Any think, comments,
1: Zach? No, no comments here. So let's take a look at these deck lists here. Bobby Fine's actually running something that's pretty interesting that we haven't seen in a long, long time, Josh blood ghasts and the skull clamp combo got to love it.
0: Yep. I don't love it, but I'm but I can see why you would want to love it. Yeah,
1: well, I think it's really good. I've played it a couple times if you can get the combo going, it, it's just a nasty engine. So when you're drawing cards with the skull clamp, you rest assured to be drawing some lands that recurs those blood ghasts. and as we all know, skull clamps uh you know, will give you unlimited uh Amounts of advantage in card draw, so. But yeah, he's got a whole bunch of interesting cards here. You can you tell this guy's coming from the, uh, the clan of Matt, uh, Joe Academy here because they're all running a lot of the same cards here. And, uh, Thrag Tusks, and, uh, we've seen the Veteran Explorer from Chris Cool, and Viridian Zealot. Se- uh, That's quite an yeah. interesting deck. Glissa, too. Wow. I'll give Zach the edge two Pernicious Deeds, actually. I'd uh, love to see Pernicious deed back in Classic. This is such a good card. But yeah, I think this one uh, probably would go go a little bit uh, in Zach's favor, but you never know. These uh, rogue decks that we're seeing from these guys over at uh, Antigio Academy are really making waves. They're, they've done quite well since the, the first league, and obviously with Planet Walls winning his match, they're off to a good start this round, and I actually believe Chris Cool won his first match too. So, next up we have Bolivin731, who's playing his typical Dredge uh, versus XTHO13X on Metalworker stacks, and I think we just talked about uh, this matchup, except it was Cat stacks, not Metalworker stacks. Yeah, you take your pick. This one's pretty, pretty tight. What do you guys think?
0: Dredge will win game one, and. Uh you know, then it's just about the hate.
1: Yeah. I, I always look at these matches, guys, like a, it, it's a coin flip. I mean, whoever, I mean, Dredge is going to win that first game. The second game, you know, if as long as the Metalworker stacks says the hate, they're going to win it. And, you know, I, I, that's why I like Leyline and Avoid the these type of matches in my stacks deck. It's a huge gamble because you'll never cast it, but if you can get it down, yeah game three it's usually can get you there take your
0: pick 50-50 so we actually missed one here blue red standstill from Malpingo 2 and black backed goods playing a three color delver deck and I guess delver is maybe a problem for standstill since it comes down before their standstill comes down
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it looks like Bact is only playing seven creatures, and so that might not work in his favor. The ratio of having having one of those Delvers is not that great, but... Um, yeah, he's got the full Wasteland package Bact is running, so he can certainly get rid of Bisher's factories. An interesting match.
0: But, yeah, Going to really depend a lot on if he can get an early Delver down so that he's got pressure before Standstill can start taking over the game.
1: Yeah. No. Well, I once again big fifty fifty split on this one. I'm just not sure. I I, I don't know Mapingo too well, but I, I certainly know that Backwoods is an excellent uh, player, and um, I'd, I'd probably give a slight edge. If I was uh, forced to be a betting man on that one to back guns.
0: Next up, we've got Chris Cool, and looks like he's playing Planet Wall's birthing pod list, shop list, and uh, he drew Alberto Dolve on stacks this time instead of Delver. Yeah. Yeah, we said Chris Cool won this one.
1: He did, yeah. I think he won it two to one over Alberto. It was a pretty tight match. I, I didn't actually see it, but got a, a little bit of a synopsis on ClassicQuarter.com dot And uh, yeah, Chris was uh, able to avenge his loss in the finals. To uh, yeah. this was a rematch of the finals uh, in round one here from the CQ League last uh, uh, last season. So good for Chris, and uh, yeah. next up we have the sadistic black doll playing a good game of Oath versus Doza Thog with his forecover did I say that right Doza Thog
2: I just like
0: hearing pronounced words
1: yeah well you know I I can read sometimes (laughs) and uh yeah I think the sadistic black doll plays a uh, the hybrid version of Oath she's got the show and tells as well as the dragon Dragon's Breasts in there. Yeah, she's got two Dragon's Breasts. She's got the three-creature package with the steel Colossus, Emmerkel, and Grizzlebrand. Uh,
0: yeah, but she doesn't games? actually have show-and-tell.
1: Okay. Alright, so just run the that's a good game
0: here, here her. Yeah. Which is still a pretty good deck. Uh, I do agree with Zach, though, on this. I just think it's... Correct to be playing Show and Tell in your oath deck now. Sure, we yeah, have absolutely Show and Tell is very solid.
1: Put a couple of them in your deck. It gives you an out to things like Graph Digger's Key.
0: <laughs> and That's last funny. but certainly not least, here we have me playing a Helmline Painter Servant Grindstone combo list against Curabo on Dredge. So Kurabo has played the role of
1: traitor here, because as long as I've known Kurabo, he is actually being on Affinity, and he's doing extremely well with the deck, so
0: it's I'm a little bit surprised to see him come in with Dredge here. Yeah, he must have, uh, we must have scared him off with our cast last time. Oh yeah, well we had him distinctly in mind when we were talking about all the hate for So, I have not played this one yet, but uh, hopefully it goes well. I've got a lot of dredge hate.
1: Yeah, Krubel must actually be cringing at this match because he just could not have ran into a worse deck. Uh, How many? You've got four Leyline of the Voids, and how many uh, rest in peace do you run main, Josh? Four. Four, so it's four and four. Yeah. Oh, dear. That's that's very, very tough. Four cages
0: in the sideboard.
1: Uh, so Dredge is going to be in quite a bit of trouble. It's not too often that they run into a deck that's actually main decking eight major pieces of hate like that. And correct me if I'm wrong, Josh. He's only running four Nature's Claim main deck for hate yeah. to get rid of your ley lines and your rest in pieces.
0: Yeah, I think that's it.
1: So uh, It's, uh, it's going to be a difficult match for Dredge in this one, I suspect, because Dredge is usually quite reliant on taking down that first match and um, I would suspect they're going to have a tough time this this time around.
0: Yeah, he'll be interesting. I mean, he's got 10, 12, 11 cards he can bring in out of his sideboard if he wants. Does water his deck down quite a bit, but he, uh, he can certainly bring the anti-hate spells in against me.
1: Yeah, well, we'll have to see how it goes. I, I wish you good luck on that one, buddy, but... I suspect
0: you got a pretty good chance uh, well, on that one. I will try. So that's uh, that's all the deck lists from season two, uh, going into round one here, and we should have results come the next podcast. And if you'd like to look at our deck lists, we have the three the three of our deck lists in the. Article here. Zach's is first with the Squadron Hawk deck. Then me on Helmline and there you are, Andy on Green White Black Hate.
1: Yeah,
0: tell us about your tell us about your deck a little bit, Josh. What do you have? I win by milling them out, one way or another, with Grindstone Painter Servant or with uh, Helm of Obedience and either Leyline of the Void or Rest in Peace.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time since I've actually seen a Helmline deck in class. I can't even remember the last time I've seen one money. So this is like, um, it's kind of nice. I guess Rest in Peace is maybe, uh, uh, maybe it's an excellent addition to this deck. Have have you played it quite a bit so far? I know you moneyed with it a week or two ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't played it all that much other than in that DE. I thought it was pretty fun to play. Um, it's got some natural game against a deck like Dredge. And it also just sort of ignores some other decks. Like, I can kind of ignore what Oath is doing, which is kind of nice. Well. We just see who wins first.
1: Well, you might run into some trouble, though, with... uh Forbidden Orchard
0: and North. What do you mean? Well... Oh, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I don't interact with their game plan, really, but they don't interact with my game plan all that much, so... Okay. We just sort of race to the finish line. Um, I do have some hand disruption with Thought Seizes and Duresses, so... I can take apart their hand a little bit, give myself enough time, and I've got... A bunch of two mana lands like Ancient Tomb and City of Traders as well as Artifact Mana to accelerate me out to cards like Helm of Obedience. Oh god,
1: yeah, it's a it's a great looking deck. It's so nice to see online back in the back in the money and the
0: action. Good luck yeah. with that. So we also have a daily event that's fired on the twenty eighth. And looks like Alberto was our winner of that event. What's he running? He ran the same list that he's running in the league, I think, a stacks list. And fewer creatures than you normally see in in stacks.
1: He's got by 12. Yeah, you're right. He's just running the uh, four lodestones, four revokers, and four metamorphs. Yeah, absolutely.
0: But he's got the four serum powders that he can... Keep his hands consistent. Just a lot of four O's in this deck.
1: Yeah, usually my experience with stacks is usually you see the serum powders more in the uh, the espresso type builds with, your, with the smoke stack. But uh, I can't say I've actually seen one in a metal worker type build. Or actually, he's not running metal worker, but outside of the the espresso type builds, so it's uh, interesting to see it. It's, it's an excellent card. It certainly helps set up your hand nicely.
0: Yeah, you can just. Serum powder into a hand with lodestone and a workshop and some other stuff. So, pretty Um, nice. uh, Worth well. well
1: So next up, we've got a a guy that's pretty familiar up in the money, and that's the crisp one who won three and one, and he is running his favorite deck, dredge. This is pretty run of the mill, and not really too much to say about that.
0: Yeah, it looks like that's also what he's running in the league, so... Yeah.
1: The Chris wants to be shaking up the the money in the leagues and all that with Dredge for quite some time, so this is no surprise. Good player. Who's this other
0: guy? Next up is not a name I'm familiar with, Carrick. And he was running a Metalworker Stacks list. Looks like this is basically a... Sapphire's list, isn't it? Three trading posts. Three null rods in the sideboard. Yeah, I think this is pretty much Sapphire's list.
1: Okay. Um, i got to be honest with you, Josh. I'm almost sure this is not what Carrot was running the other day. Really? I, th- I thought he was playing a Tezzeret type build. Uh, hmm. Could be completely wrong on that one, but I'm almost positive I looked in on that DR. Well, easy it is. It had you been to purchase one of the Garmin to navigation To do this, simply plug Well, oh, you phone could be right. This is uh, just, just what was Garmin loaded up by
0: or other wizards, and that app. Could be wrong. <laughs> now select the yeah, app icon. Not not your a screen in the, iPod the wrong and deck list up. Okay.
1: Throwing it out there, uh, I do apologize, Carrick, if we got the wrong information up here, but uh, congratulations on the 3 and one and nice to see you in Classic. We hope to see you out again sometime soon. And this next character is Blivin, and he has gone 3 and one uh, We've seen him in the money recently a couple times with this deck at 3 and one and yeah, I don't think there's too much to say about it. It's pretty straight. Run-of-the-mill yeah, Uh
2: Yeah, it's a Chevy Volt. Not yep. so we bad. We'll take it. Three and one for
0: Bliven. Who's this next guy? For? Last yes. up in the money yeah. list, we've got Planet Walls, and looks like he was also testing out his league deck with uh, his Frost Titan control list.
1: Frost Titan. Eh? My God. How do you cast a six-casting-cost creature?
0: You just mana drain a Jace. Uh,
1: I guess that works what an interesting list, eh? Two Glen Alendra El- Archmages.
0: Yep. I mean, Avenzer.
1: I, I remember those in extended. I've never seen them in Classic. Um Pvenzer, the... Shaper Savant, that's
0: Yeah, great. he's got Caracas to bring it back, so Yeah,
1: that's sick. That's a sick combo for sure. Uh, tinker into Blightsteel, hello, meet my Venser, Shaper, Savant. Mr. Blightsteel. Scha- yeah, he's got a little bit of a tutor package here. He's got uh, an Into the Royal. My goodness. Yep. Certainly never seen that in Classic. Um, yeah, it's, uh, He's got a real wide array of uh, different spells in this deck. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite interesting, and he's
0: off to a good start with it. Well done, Planet Walls. Looks good. Good start for uh testing for the league here. For sure,
1: for sure. So, Josh, who is this guy we've got in the community spotlight today?
0: Well, it is the fishy fellow himself. What can you Was... tell me
1: about the fishy fellow?
0: Well, he's another one of our top eight players from the season one league. Looks like he ended up Fifth, tied for fifth, I think. It's um,
1: pretty good. Where, whereabouts is he from?
0: He is from. His name is Brad Zarn. He's from the Twin Cities in Minnesota.
1: Oh, that's funny. I know another guy that's from Minnesota. Yet, yeah. happen to know where another guy or from no Minnesota? No, I didn't think so. Okay.
0: And can you tell me how Mister Fishy Fellow became interested in classic? He said he started playing magic in 1994 and nostalgia brings him to the older cards, uh, he played a lot of Paper Vintage and when he started on MTGO, Classic was his format of choice he is, uh, pleased with our community and ready for Vintage to come online aren't we all? I think so if you could play any classic deck, he said it would be anything with four Mysticals, four Emrakuls, and a Channel. So that, that seems to limit your deck choices.
1: <laughs> yes, it does. But it's a good deck choice, that's for sure.
0: This is a good deck choice. It's like Yeah, uh,
1: For sure. And I don't know, what, what do you think his favorite MTGO accomplishment is as it relates to tournament play, deck innovation, or Q- involvement.
0: Yeah, he said it was making the top eight of the qualifier for Season 1, so said it was a blast to participate in with all the competitive decks, good players, and great coverage. And uh, he also takes pride in helping to fire a lot of the Classic Dailies that have fired this year. I know him. he was one of the guys that was putting up additional rewards for uh, the person that 4 0 a classic daily when they weren't firing at all and now we've been having one or two every week basically so
1: yeah he definitely breathe some fire in the format and, uh, we appreciate that fishy fellow
0: so good guy and uh congrats to him again on making the top eight and he will be in the invitational event
1: definitely looking forward to seeing him do well Okay, Josh, anything else this week?
0: Nope, I think that does it for me. Right. Anything else you wanted to talk about?
1: I don't think so. I just really wanted to wish everybody in the league good luck, and uh, I hope you all do well. And let's get in those daily events and get them fired, guys.
0: All right, so we'll thank Pure MTGO for hosting us and MTGO Traders for sponsoring us. And see you guys next week.
1: Yeah. See you then, guys. Have a good week.